Welcome to Bonus Bites, a special mini episode of the Triple D Podcast. These bite-sized episodes are packed with information about disability benefits, disability news, and answers to your burning questions. Get ready to take a bite of what's going on this week. Here's your host, Michael Weiner. Welcome to the first episode of Bonus Bites. Uh, This is probably the only podcast, at least the only podcast that I've seen that is truly focused on providing news and tips specifically about the social security disability process. I certainly have seen other information out there uh, and other podcasts with disability related content, but this is so specific. We're excited to be bringing this to you. Um, My name is Michael Liner. Uh, I am a disability attorney and I have with me the marketing director at Liner Legal, Katie Nobles. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I think it's a good way for us to bring some disability news and information into the Triple D podcast. Right. And and we have, we have how many episodes do we have now of the Triple D podcast? Probably 25. We have 22, 22 posted. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then then some ones we haven't released, but you know we really haven't spent it because that's more of like an interview format. We haven't spent that much time talking about what I do all day, which is helping people get the disability process, but I definitely think there is a need for some of the content. And you know, um, on on our social channels, I've certainly put a lot of content out there that's usable. But this is kind of unique, so I'm excited to um, get this kicked off here, Katie. Yeah, and just so that everyone knows that's watching, we're recording this the day before it comes out, so we're trying to bring the latest disability news that we have. Um, you know, so if there's any breaking news or anything like that, we'll make sure that we have it here first as yeah. well. And this is, uh, we're going to be releasing these episodes every other week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to keep this fresh. Yeah. We're going to keep it fresh. We're going to have those interviews like we always do yeah. with, um, local community leaders, business leaders, things like that. And then our little bonus bite episodes where we're just trying to give you a snippet about what's going on in the disability world. Um, and then a part that I was really excited about because I'm the one that's monitoring all of our social media and things like that is we're going to be answering questions from our clients yeah. and all of our followers that, you know, we can reply, but I feel like we could dig into those questions a little bit more here. So yeah. I'm excited about it. Well, let's let's get it started then. Without- all right. Okay. First thing we want to talk about This is something that happened a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, So there's a new commissioner of Social Security that was confirmed. So tell me a little bit about that, who he is. And I know our video on TikTok for this kind of blew up. People had a lot to say. Uh, It's interesting. Anytime we mention a political figure, something goes crazy viral. But Mm -hmm. uh, Martin O'Malley, he was um, appointed and confirmed as the new commissioner of Social Security. I think it was a few weeks before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, It was back in December. Um, and I think that he was actually confirmed maybe just right the week before Christmas. Um, but Martin O'Malley is somebody whose his name has been floating around in political circles for a long time. He was uh, the, the mayor of Baltimore, which is where Social Security is actually headquartered. Um, he was the governor of Maryland. And in the last presidential election cycle, he, he, he was an early candidate for president. Um, and a lot of people on TikTok had some feelings <laughs> about that, but now he's the uh, commissioner of social security. So it's interesting because um, a few years ago, about two years ago, um, President Biden 
ousted the uh, commissioner of social security uh, who was there before Andrew Saul. He was a holdover from President Trump, somebody who came in with sort of like an actuarial uh, background and was brought in to try and um, you know shore things up with social security, but. There were a lot of problems that happened in the period of time that Andrew Saul was the commissioner. I mean, the the wait times to get a hold of anybody on the phone at Social Security went way up. Um, they started doing a ton of continuing disability reviews, which scared so many recipients who had fought so hard to get the benefits that all of a sudden now they were having their benefits being re-reviewed. So, you know, there's a lot of questions out there about what Martin O'Malley is going to do different and what his kind of legacy and platform is going to be, you know. Um, I know in our comment section on the TikTok that you had posted about it, people were talking a lot about, you know, different things that he did when he was governor, when he was mayor. Is there anything, um, you know, looking back at that, that made you kind of think based on what you do as a disability attorney, any type of concern or any type of excitement one way or the other? Well, I think that um, as opposed to, you know, the, the the prior positions that he's had are so distinct and unique from being the commissioner of Social Security. I mean, and we also have to put the reality on the table. I think that the commissioner of Social Security certainly has uh, influence over the direction of things. But at the end of the day, um, this is a legislative act that we're working with. And so... Um, in my opinion, I, I think that um, really they're working at the mercy of the Congress, at the mercy of the president, and just following a lot of the directives that are there. I think a better way to view Mar you know, what, what might happen under Martin O'Malley is really by thinking about what um, the Biden administration didn't like about Andrew Saul when they got rid of him. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just talked about a few of the, the biggies there, which is um, customer service was so bad. Um, Social Security has not done a great job of using um, the internet and the web to make this a more streamlined process for people. Um, I think that, you know, the Biden administration was very upset about those continuing disability reviews. Um, and I think that, you know, Martin O'Malley was appointed. Actually, it was pretty bipartisan. There wasn't much dissent, but um, to, to try and make things more efficient. Um, the timing is interesting, having a commissioner come in like right before an election year starts. Um, so you have to imagine he's somebody who's going to have the support of both sides. But um, what I hope to see certainly is just improved services. Um, Claims get lost when they're filed. Um, our clients are waiting. The, the backlog seems to be going back up. The wait time seems to be going back up to have a decision made in a disability case. And people who are applying for these benefits are struggling. So hopefully what we see is improvements in, in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll keep an eye on it. And if anything does come up, you guys will hear it right here on Bonus Bites. There um, go. Anything else on O'Malley before we move on to our next headline? No, let's keep it. Let's keep it pushing. Okay, so this next one, and I'm going to have to read this off of the paper because it's it, it probably isn't as complicated as it seems to me. But so, tell me about the SSA emergency message. 222. So that's been extended. Did I say that right? <laughs> you, you listen. You said it perfect. There we go. Um, so this is one that 
I personally have been waiting for for a long time. I mean, this isn't something that's going to have as much uh, interest from people who are applying for disability. But if you're a disability representative, whether you're an attorney or a non-attorney, one big change that happened during COVID was we, for the first time, were allowed to do electronic signatures as a way to get things signed by our clients. Um this was a huge improvement, a big change, um, really helped our office a lot, Katie, because mm-hmm. previously, um, in order to be able to uh, represent somebody, we needed to have a wet signature on paper, on their fee agreement, on their 1696, which is the appointment of representative form that they all signed. And there was a fear among representatives like myself that um, when that social security wasn't going to keep renewing the uh, the emergency message the original one right went out at the beginning of covid saying you could use a, an electronic signature instead of getting a wet signature you know we use a program that's called vine sign it's like a DocuSign, but that's how our clients sign everything it um, allows us to help people a lot faster what social security's resistance has been for years to electronic signatures I don't understand. They say that there's abuses that can happen and they're doing it to protect the individuals. But um, the, there was a new emergency message that just went out a few weeks ago um, and basically extended electronic signatures, allowing them uh, through through a June mm-hmm. of this year. And I really hope that something happens to make this a permanent change because, you know, especially us here in this office. You know, we went from being a local law firm to realizing we can really spread our wings and do a great job of helping people all over the all over the country. I mean, just before we started recording, I finished up a hearing and won benefits for a woman in Georgia. Um, And I did it even more efficiently than I used to be able to help somebody right here in my own backyard in Cleveland. Um, And so there's no reason that that can't continue. But it's certainly more challenging when you need to physically get a wet signature on every document that you need. So kudos to Social Security for uh, the emergency message, for extending the availability of this. And I hope that they hear people like me who continue to, um, you know, look for, who, who continue to triumph that and, and want to use technology to help people. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying before when we were talking about the O'Malley story, trying to just make things a little bit easier and make things a little bit more accessible. So hopefully that'll continue yeah. through mid-June. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that we want to talk about, and this is a really big one in the this world of huge. Social Security, this is, is the We Can't Wait Act. So um, I know, again, when we posted this on social media, it really blew up. People had a lot to say about it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the We Can't Wait Act is? Yeah. So- Most people, before they apply for disability benefits, don't realize that there's a five-month waiting period until you're eligible. So what it means is if somebody were to, let's say, stop working today or get in, um, you know, some sort of have an injury or diagnosed with an illness today, and today is the first day of their disability, you are not immediately eligible to receive disability benefits regardless of when you're approved. There's a five-month waiting period. Um, So, you know, we're shooting this in early January, and it's five full months. So January doesn't count. February, March, April, May, June, July. If somebody were to become disabled today, they wouldn't actually be eligible to receive a disability check until July, um, half a year away. But 
you know, people have bills to pay. And so oftentimes we have clients who are approved and um, they aren't going to receive benefits until some date in the future, or they're approved after the traditional wait time that you have to go through in the disability case. But what they're disgruntled to find out is that Social Security is chopping their back pay by several months. So the We Can't Wait Act was introduced into Congress um, just uh, earlier, just last month. Um, and what it basically is attempting to do is eliminate that five-month waiting period and make it so there's immediate eligibility once somebody becomes disabled. Because what it does is it forces people who have been working and paying into Social Security to plunge into debt, to be trying to collect money from family members to pay their bills. Um, and I love the name. We can't wait because the people who this is uh, impacting are people who are sick, hurt, injured, and they can't wait. Right. Life goes on. Whether you've got money to pay your bills or not, there's somebody who's coming to collect. Um, so this is something that I think you and I are going to need to really stay up on and track. Um, I know, you know, I'm I'm going to D.C. next week. I'm going to be meeting with um, some politicians when I'm there and, and advocating for this because this is something that's really, really important to my clients. Yeah. Um, so and just to dive into it a little bit more to make sure I'm understanding right. So. Today, sitting here, January 17th, the day that we're recording this, if I were injured and unable to work, I wouldn't be able to apply for benefits until July? You can apply. You can apply. But, but regardless of when they actually f uh, prove you, you're not eligible to receive any money until July. And oftentimes it takes much longer than five months yeah, to be it, approved It, it for often benefits. takes much longer than five months. But say it was a, an expedited approval. Mm -hmm. Say you... Um, you know, social security, you get lucky with the adjudicator they assign your, you, they assign your claim to and you're approved in two months. I mean, that's super fast, almost unheard of, but it's possible. Um, then you would still be waiting several months until you even got your first check. Wow. Yeah. So really important headline. This would really be changing the whole scope of social security disability Majorly. for people. Major. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, make sure that as we learn more about it, and of course, when you're there next week, we'll be posting all over social media about that too. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be making a lot of videos, kind of keeping us up to date. Um, so make sure that you guys are following the Backwards Hat Barrister on TikTok and on Instagram, because um, that's where you're going to be posting all this stuff. So I can't wait to see it too. That's Great. neat. Um, okay. So we want to go into the tip of the week. So what is our tip this week? So tip of the week is... Um, has to do with another change or something big that I've seen over the course of the last few years with COVID, which is the expansion of uh, electronic record portals with medical providers. Um, and I, you know, a lot of people it takes them some time to get those set up. You know, we're we're here in in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Our clients are all over the country, but you know, a lot of the local hospitals use a platform called MyChart um, as a way where you can go in, you can access your medical records. But the other thing that you can do in there, in addition to like seeing your medications and everything else, is message your medical team. Um, and the tip of the week is if you have, through your medical providers, access to one of those electronic portals, use it as a way to update your doctors about how you are functioning in between your appointments. 
Okay. So many of the tips that I'm going to give on this show on social media are going to come back to documentation, 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 because winning a disability case is, is about what you can prove is wrong with you, not what's actually wrong with you. But so often, especially when you're maybe seeing specialists like a cardiologist, a neurologist, you might only see those doctors every three to six months. Um, and that's normal. Um, but you're having life events in between. Um, and too often, if you're only communicating with your doctor every three to six months, things are missed. Um, and I want to advocate and tell people, use your electronic medical portal to let your doctors know in between if you have a seizure, if you if that's one of your impairments. Let them know if you're noticing a change in how long you're able to stand for or walk for or how much you can lift and carry. Um, now, don't necessarily expect your doctors are going to quickly be changing up your treatment just because you're documenting it through there. The key for me is when I then request one of my client's records to make it a part of their disability case, those messages that were sent to the provider show up. Mm -hmm. um, and so that becomes a part of your permanent medical record. And that allows you, that puts you as the client and the patient in the driver's seat with your claim. Because otherwise, if you're just waiting for, you know, in your doctor's appointments to be asked, how long you can sit for, how long you can stand for, you might never get a chance to put that information out in the open. But if you are um, being active in updating through those portals and telling your doctors the change, that's there. Um, and that's information that a social security adjudicator or judge is going to see and can really make a difference in a case, Katie. Mm -hmm. And we say it all the time, the key to winning the cases in the medical record, it's a really good way to kind yeah. of you know, take that into your own hands. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. Awesome I tip. I hope people I hope people hear me. Final thing that we have for today is we are answering some burning questions from our listeners, from our social media followers. So the one that we're going to tackle today, and anyone that has any questions out there, please feel free to go ahead and submit that to us. You could send it to us via email on all our social media, send us a direct message. Um, but the question for today is, should SSDI recipients file a tax return in 2024? Really timely being that it's you know, January 17th. Yeah. Um, and this is a question that I get emailed to me all the time by people. Now, when it comes to, spe you know, specific clients or individuals and they want to know, should they be filing taxes? My answer is you really need to speak to your tax preparer. I have that right in the bottom of my client contract because it's important. You know, I can't give tax advice, but I can share the rules. Um, and these are very technical. So forgive me if it seems like I'm reading a little bit. I am, but that's just because these aren't things that we want to get it people right. Are gonna have memorized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you are filing a federal tax return as an individual um, and your combined income, which is something that I'll explain what that is in a second, is between $25,000 and $34,000 per year, you may have to pay income tax on up to 50% of your social security disability benefits. Now, if you're um, if you're filing as a an individual and your combined income is more than $34,000, then you may have to pay taxes on 85% of your social security disability benefits. Now, what is combined income? Before I keep laying out these scenarios here, combined income is 
your adjusted gross income plus non-taxable interest plus half of your social security benefits, okay? So um, that is what makes somebody's, in that, that is the combined income. Um, and I kind of spelled out those rules. Now, just to kind of lay this out, rough estimates, about 40% of people who are receiving social security have to pay taxes. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that, but the last thing you want to have happen is um, not pay taxes that are owed. And then social security creates an overpayment, which they may be a little aggressive or, or uh, incorrect in the amounts. And that hurts you more. Beware of that. I also want to just uh, spell out there, if you're, if you're married and you're filing a joint return, um, then if your income is between 32000 and 44000 you may have to pay income tax on up to 50% of your benefits. If your combined income is more than 44000 and you're married filing jointly, then, then again, you're going to have to pay tax on 85% or 85% of your social security benefits might be taxable. So um, the answer is yes, people should be doing that. You shouldn't be going to your social security disability attorney unless they also have some sort of special uh, tax preparation expertise. Um, really, go to go to your accountant, go to your tax preparer. They should be able to help you with this. But that's a great question. I know a lot of people right now, they're looking to get their returns filed. Maybe they can get a refund. Um, so they're asking that question a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And when in doubt, just go to your accountant. Make sure that you're that you got it down, right? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think that that's all that we have for this week. Before we go, I just want to chat for a second about next week's episode. So we have a really exciting episode coming out on the Triple D podcast. Bella Page from Post Concussion Inc. is going to be on the podcast, and you guys had a really good conversation. We had a great conversation. Um, you know, we we were talking a lot about because at the end of this month it is CTE Awareness Day on January thirtieth, um, and she was just so smart and so good at explaining all the different symptoms that people have that come along with post-concussion syndrome. You know, CTE is closely related to that, um, and really, she's just built this amazing community of um, people who are all dealing with post-concussion syndrome and the support tools that she has are incredible. So I hope people take the time to to listen to the conversation that, that I had with Bella a few weeks ago. All right. And that'll be coming out next Thursday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Again, we're going to be answering all these questions, so make sure that you're sending them in to us. Um, there's a way you can do that on our website. That's linerlegal.com. You just click on community and go to the Triple D podcast page. There's a really simple form there people can fill out to submit their questions. Yeah. But social media, really any way, we've got our eye on it, and we're here to answer all of the questions. And leave us a five-star review. Yes, Come on, please. give us a review. <laughs> if you like my shirt, review that. Whatever. And if you don't like it, also review. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Thank you so much. Great talking to you, Katie. Thanks for listening to Bonus Bites, a mini episode of the Triple D Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe, and tune in next week for more disability news and headlines.